Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It's a podcast about the nanny that hits sitcom from the 90s that you love, starring Fran Drescher. This week, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 12, One False Mole and You're Dead, written by Frank Lombardi, directed by Dorothy Lyman. As always, I am Sean Pasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. Yeah. Us queen. We are we're shot out of a cannon today. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah. Fresh off the heels of some dry admin work that we were doing. Yeah, I just ate some meat. Oh really? No, I just that's my that's when I think of like like hyped up masculinity, I think of like eating meat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Do you like how genuinely interested I was it as if we were like two biddies talking about our diet plan? <laughs> oh, really? You're eating meat for breakfast? I'm I should try meat. that. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, but go on, go on. <laughs> uh anyway, so this episode, One False Mole in Your Dead, which I can only assume is like a play on the old like one false move and you're dead, you know, like this is a stick up kind of thing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was an episode about, let me sum this one. I think I can sum this one up, right? <laughs> okay. Ready? I think I got this. Fran accidentally through chicanery uh, wipes the mole off the face of a very famous actress who is famous because she has a mole. I think like Cindy Crawford, like famous for like that mole on her little like lip or whatever, her upper lip. And then the world goes crazy because then Fran can't keep it a secret and she tells Sylvia and then it gets out. And it, and like, that's the plot of the episode. I, I feel like, <laughs> I'm, I think I do a better job of something. <laughs> Did I miss? Okay. All right. Let's, no, now let's hear no, Toya's version. Very, it just, it just feel, felt like um, in the weeds. Disjointed. Yeah, that's fair. I I would have said this is the episode where Fran accidentally sabotages the career of a very famous actress, causing problems between Fran and Mr. Sheffield. And then I would have gotten into the the details later. That's just me. And I appreciate what you brought to it. That's all right. But so, yeah, we well, we start off in Mr. Sheffield's office. We establish that Fran's out of the house and Cece's very relieved because an incredibly famous actress named Margot Lane is coming uh, to talk about a show she's going to be in for them, like a show about Marie Antoinette. Margot Lane is, is a fictional character made up for this episode, played by uh, an actress named Joan Van Ark. Um, we'll get into it because she's one of those people where when she when that actress enters, like everyone cheers as if like you're supposed to know who she was. I didn't, but we, we can discuss. Um, but anyway, so she's like, it's isn't it so peaceful without Nanny Fine here? Like you don't have to worry about her meddling and getting in the way. And we've also established in the scene that there is a gardener working out on the terrace, like a sort of in the background of Mr. Sheffield's office. Who and, and it's funny how they like, you know, actually expend a couple lines establishing who he is, that he's a gardener that works for them, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as Cece's saying that, in the background, we see this gardener like watering the plants with a hose. And then we see like almost like in a horror movie, like something starts to tug on the hose <laughs> and he starts to like 
like look around in alarm and he's trying to tug it back and then he gets like literally yanked out of frame because <laughs> someone or like, something <laughs> he starts like <laughs> like yes. a cartoon he's like flying around it's very yes. funny <laughs> yes well that's happening in the background Mar- the actress margot played by joan van ark enters and she was in fact in like days of our lives for a bit she was on basically like one episode of a million TV shows um, in her time. And I guess maybe if you are a fan of the soap world, maybe maybe she is someone you recognize more readily. But um, so she comes in and she's like, oh, Maxwell, how do you do? La, la, la. And then we see in the background that the gardener who is in this sort of like full body gardening suit with like a weird like cloth helmet type thing has been replaced by Fran in his clothes. <laughs> so she basically assaulted the gardener, stole his clothes, and now is trying to hang out on the terrace to get a gl- glimpse of this famous person. And <laughs> Mr. Sheffield realizes it. And then we have this, this line that is so, it was so unexpected where he's like, uh, uh, oh, oh, hold on a moment, Margo. Um, there's, there's some wandering Jew out on the terrace <laughs> and I need to go check on it. Wandering Jew is, in fact, what it's, it's no longer what we call this particular plant, but there was a plant that for many, many years was known as Wandering Jew. Uh, I looked into it. it it's, a, it's sort of a purplish house plant. I looked into it almost like every single plant and botany group across the board now like has an article on their site about how like we no longer refer to it as this. Let's please refer to it as you know, this other thing now. Um, mm-hmm. But but uh, that was, in fact, the common name. Wandering Jew. That's amazing. I know. So <laughs> yeah. he goes out there and then they start to fight like in the background. And he ends up and she ends up running into the uh, office to get away from him. But she's still holding the hose. And she accidentally sprays Margot like with the hose. And it's great physical comedy because, you know, Fran in this huge oversized gardening suit is like trying to get the hose to turn off and she's hopping up and down and the woman's getting sprayed and like everyone's <laughs> outraged. And then Fran's so horrified that she sprayed like this icon that she starts mopping the woman's face <laughs> with, yes. a, with a rag. And a little earlier, Cece had actually like made a point to be like, ah, like, isn't it crazy that like this beauty mark on her face has like made her just like world famous. Like it's her, it's her thing. And so while Fran's mopping up her face, the mole comes off. So not that it's not that she like scraped off a mole, a real mole. It turns out the no, beauty no, mark is fake. Yeah. Her signature like a, feature. Yeah. If we it's found like out a this, mark, right? Or like, yes, a, it, like a little makeup dot. <laughs> yes. And it would be as if like we found out, you're right. Like if Sydney Cross- Crawford's signature feature was fake, yeah. like it would be a big deal. Did uh, you also like – did the Fran reveal as the gardener work for you? Because I screamed. <laughs> like, oh, I, mean, I they I, totally got me. I was like, ah! Well, who did you think was pulling him, <laughs> pulling him away? I don't know. What, I did you, very, what did you think was happening to that poor man? I thought it was very funny. <laughs> I, don't know what, I mean, that would have just been so bizarre if not for it clearly being Fran. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so no. And then so this happens and you know, um, it's like this huge moment where it's like this woman gets revealed for like this fake feature. We then cut to Niles in the kitchen and he is watching like his morning pr- programs or whatever he usually watches, and he's watching like a real life gossip columnist named Cindy Adams, who is uh pretty well known at this time. Um I had to Google her, but 
But I think like the general public would have known who she was. And he's watching some like gossip segment on the TV. Um, And in fact, I think she's like, like tune in. Like I'm about to tell you how one butler uh, like cashed in for millions and became like super rich. And he's about to listen when uh, Mr. Sheffield comes running in (laughs) and like interrupts him. Uh, but so Mr. Sheffield comes running in, dragging Fran literally by the collar, also like a cartoon. <laughs> and he's like, he's so angry. And and he's like, I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to scream. I just want to have an irrational, mature conversation. And Fran's like, with me? <laughs> and it just made me laugh that it was such a genuine question. <laughs> She's so surprised. Yes. And he's like, you know, Miss Fine, the most important part of a relationship is trust. And, and you know, this – this fake mole thing cannot get out. It cannot get out. And she's like, are you implying I can't keep this thing a secret? And he's like, oh, please, the only secret you keep safe is your age. And then he's like, Barry Charles Sheck and a whole drum of sodium pentothal couldn't drag that out of you. And it was like, ooh, a Barry Charles Sheck reference. He was uh, an attorney on the OJ Simpson defense. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. Um, And... He, she's what like, a, oh, what, really a, don't what think. a dated reference, you know? Like, I know. at least like, at least like Al Callings or, uh, or, uh, what's his name? The glove, does, the glove doesn't fit. You must have quit. Uh, oh my God. Johnny Cochran. <laughs> yeah. Like, at least those are like names people like that lasted, but like, who remembers this guy, you know? I know, but I still think it was probably a clever line at the time. Yes, they went for the deep cut, which would have been better than going for, like, the thing that was probably over – you know, Cochran was probably overused at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and- it's just interesting how, like, you go for the deep cut and it works great then, but then ages so poorly because it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> I know. But you know what? A lot of people re-watching this might get it and chuckle. It would be the new listeners who would be like, I have no idea what the fuck that's about. (laughs) Um, But so then uh, Fran's like, you really don't think I have anything better to do than spread idle gossip? Instantly cut to Fran and Sylvia sitting in a doctor's waiting room. (laughs) And and Sylvia going, who cares if her mole's fake? Big deal. (laughs) So (laughs) Fran like instantly told it to someone. Of course. And then we we find out that this is a doctor's appointment for Sylvia. (laughs) And Fran's (sighs) like, Ma, did you write down everything you ate yesterday like the doctor told you to? Oh, this was this was so fucking good. (laughs) Oh, it was so funny. Sylvia like nods and then she takes out this big piece of notebook paper with writing all over it. Which it's is, like, like a already- legal, it's like yellow legal pad paper. So it's like extra long and she like rips it as she pulls it out of her purse and you're like, okay, that's a good bit. And then, and then Fran like turns it over. So you're like, oh, that's funny. It's written on both sides. And then she, then pulls, she pulls out, out another- four more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she pulls out four more and, and Fran scrutinizes it. And then she goes, you know, I'm really proud of you, mom. You did good. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, good. And so then they continue. Oh, and then they see a picture of Margot Lane on a magazine, like on the on the waiting room coffee table. And Sylvia's like, oh, look, it's Miss No Mole or like whatever she says. You know, they, they mention it again. Like in France and Sylvia says it really big. And Fran's like, quiet, ma. Like, you know, we're not supposed to tell anyone. And she's like, oh, who's going to hear? Liz Smith. Liz Smith being a very another gossip, very famous another iconic gossip. gossip. Yeah. Yes. And right when Fran says that, a woman like whips her head around. And we've only seen the back of this woman up until this point. Like you just think it's another person sitting in the waiting room. And we realize it is the gossip uh columnist who Niles was listening to earlier in the episode, just by like 
luck. She happens to be in the same waiting room. She yeah, puts her Cindy head around. Adams. Cindy Adams, yeah. She instantly like kind of comes over to Fran and Sylvia, starts cozying up to them, um, is trying to get more information about this. And then when Fran and Sylvia go uh, to meet the doctor, this woman like actually, first of all, this nurse is very unethical because the gossip columnist is like, who who were those people? And the nurse Dude. that's giving a, a beat is like, Ooh, that's Charles, you know, Broadway producer, uh, Maxwell Sheff. I almost said my dad's name. That's Charles Sheffield's. Uh, no. Um, oh, that's Broadway producer, Maxwell Sheffield's uh, nanny. So, uh, this, that it's basically. Imme- an immediate HIPAA violation was my first thought. I was like, <laughs> you like what? You can't do that. Like nope. they would own this doctor's office. Like it's such a violation to be like, oh, who her? I mean, like you can't you know what, do though? that. I- I it's so bad. I'm sure this does happen. Like, um, I think there's probably casual HIPAA violations all the time, but this was especially egregious. Um, but uh, then that, but what that does is it it makes this uh, Cindy Adams woman be like, then that's pretty legit. Like that woman talking about this, like, has an actual reason to know something like this. She's not just some like crazy person from Queens. Um, and so she instantly pulls out her cell phone and she like calls her editor and she's like, like, I'm coming in. I've got something big. And I was like, wow, do we really think that would be like the news of like the biggest news of the day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I, I also had this one note though don't That's use very it realistically <laughs> but here's my here's my other note don't uh, you think that true. Fran every, everything that we have established about Fran Fine as a character we know exactly who this woman is yeah like this this is the that is the type of new, like celebrity that Fran would recognize across a crowded room you know yeah I, I mean that's fair like I think that's fair that was my only little thing of the episode where I was like, eh, that seems like for convenience, not for like, I would have preferred it if maybe the woman overheard, but didn't actually come talk to them. I think no, that would have been just- Even giving them the allowance of maybe Fran doesn't recognize her. Um, I think it's messed up that, uh, that like even Sylvia doesn't, because Sylvia also feels like a candidate for like knowing exactly who this is, you know? Yes. This and the thing is that like I could completely see like neither of these women being able to recognize like an important member of the presidential cabinet, but they would be able to recognize this person. Yeah. Uh, um, but so well, and maybe that's not even giving them too much credit. Actually, Fran knows a lot, but she only knows things as it's connected to gossip, not as it's connected to actual news or politics. But so that happens, and then we cut <laughs> this. This scene was so it was just. Okay, I have a little note about this. But we come back to the mansion that night, and Fran is sitting on the couch with Maggie and Gracie eating some chocolates with the girls. And actually, both girls kind of – they're like, isn't it so great that, like, we can just eat anything we want? And, you know, we don't gain weight. I guess it's in our genes. But then Fran's like, yeah, you know, my ma was even thinner than both of you when she was your age. And they instantly both spit out the chocolate. And my only notice, I was like, you know, maybe this is, this is definitely triggering for me because I'm like, you know what? It's very funny to me when Fran and her mom obsess about dieting and their weight because it feels, A, very specific to their characters and very authentic to the women that I grew up with of that generation. Like, all, like the reality is when I was a little kid, for better or worse, all I ever saw was women 
uh, cutting into some coffee cake and going, my diet starts tomorrow. Like, like that was very authentic. But I was yes. like, ah, oh, you know, when when two skinny girls spit out candy with the implication that they they never want to be fat, I was like, that that stings. Like, so I mean, that's just mean. And look, I I had the, I watched this with uh, Elizabeth last night, and we both had the same kind of like visceral reaction. And and it made me my note for this was just like, wow, nineties culture was obsessed with weight because it's not mm-hmm. it's not unique to the nanny and it's not a, a necessarily a, a, a criticism a, a directed at only the nanny i think 90s culture in in general was like you know rail thin uh, uh heroin chic was like huge at this time and you know the shows even shows like friends like oh. like the running bit on friends was that like she used to be a fat chick and they put her you know so like there was a lot of an uh, and and this went well into i mean look even the first couple seasons of new girl are like obsessed with like fat schmidt you know oh yeah so i, I, I it sucks i think um I don't know, man. I, I think it I think it kind of sucks that like that happened. <laughs> and it's so prevalent that you can like notice it in so much uh content from the nineties and, and even just looking at pictures, you know, of like celebrities back then and oh, stuff. Yeah, it was like, you know, diet coke and cigarettes and sna- fat free snack oil cookies. <laughs> yes. But again, it was just interesting because I know there is definitely an argument that some people will make that that Fran's constant discussion of diets and Sylvia, you know, jokes at Sylvia's expense, that that's really negative. But I think for me, it just, it rings very differently when it's those two very specific people versus just two just sure. generic girls being like, I would never want to be. <laughs> like, you know um, what it is? It's like, it feels like when it's Fran and Sylvia, they're in on the joke. Mm-hmm. And when it's, these just two random like girls, it feels like punching down. Yes. Yes. Yeah. At at people that are overweight or something. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I, Elizabeth and I both were like, ugh, we didn't need that. I know. (laughs) Um, And then I ate two cookies for breakfast today. Um, Then in the next bit, there's a line that I thought was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, So, because, uh, so that's happening. And then Cece comes running into the house yelling for Mr. Sheffield. She's like, Maxwell, Maxwell. Um, She's like, you know, quickly turn on the TV. The local gossip show is going to plug our Marie Antoinette, you know, show. And they turn on the TV and it's Cindy Adams. And she then tells the whole world that Margot Lanesmole is fake and says the information came straight from Maxwell Sheffield's nanny, which I was like, I actually got anxious seeing that. I was like, oh, God, there's no way she's getting out of this one. Like, that's horrible. <laughs> um, and Fran attempts to run away, but Mr. Sheffield catches up to her in the kitchen. And he's just like, do you hate me? Or are you trying to get back at me for backpedaling in our relationship? Like, is this what this is? And she goes, no, no, uh, this is a genuine personality disorder. I laughed out loud. Yeah, but then the next line after that is, it's what happens when you watch your mother fry up your Mr. Potato Head. It disturbs you, which- Yes, yes. <laughs> 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 Sylvia was trying to, was so ravenous that she was frying up Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Uh, I love so <laughs> that show did the, not bother me. <laughs> the image of 
<laughs> the image of Sylvia putting throwing a, a plastic toy in a pan, <laughs> and it's like it's like horrifically melting as like young Fran is crying. <laughs> yeah, it's very, hey, very okay. True. Here's my here's my pitch, and I know I know our buddy is listening. That's presumptuous. Our, I want to do to say funny, a, but still, I know what you're saying. Well, listen, we can make this a little clip maybe for this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my pitch. I want a young Fran animated series. That's like young Fran and young Val, like on adventures in, you know, in Flushing and, uh, and like you get like funny bits like this where like Sylvia's like, I'm just so hungry. And she's like frying up a Mr. Potato head and like, like it would be so, so, so funny. Here's my my counter pitch. Same thing, but not animated. I think that would be so fun. You cast oh. a young Fran, a young Val. Um, yeah. You know, these two very, these actual like very progressive, like funny um, girls who are also a mess in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, either way, I think a young Fran, I mean, I was, I guess I was going for. In my mind, I was going much younger. I was skewing like way younger. Like they're like yeah, 10. But, re- remember but like, I guess it's take- funny if they're like 15 or whatever. And they're like, you make it like a tween show. Tween mm-hmm. comedy. Called Fran and Val. <gasps> I love it. Please, mm-hmm. please let us pitch this. We will pitch this and, in earnest. And the styles that they could wear. Because they have such bold styles. And it would be in the 70s and early 80s. Well, yeah. So what it would be is like you could, you know, having the knowledge you have now of fashion, like you you would put them in a lot of like very fashion forward 80s like outfits, which would mm-hmm. stand out in the 70s and look awesome. Like a lot of leg warmers and stuff. Yeah. Good. Can't you see them like in high school? Everyone else is wearing like very just like kind of like boring like just threw on some jeans and a top and they're wearing like the outfit that they saw yes. on the cover of like yes. vogue <laughs> yes you could even differentiate it just enough from this from the nanny itself by making it like you do like single camera you kind of like 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 you give it like a pen 15 kind of feel to it mm-hmm. you know where it's like mm-hmm. you can like kind of do a little dramedy with it Oh, I would be so – please let us pitch. If anyone listening to this has any ability to l- listen to a longer pitch from us, please let us pitch this to you. That would be Thank so fun. I, I already see young so Fran wearing a beret. Oh, my God, dude. Uh-huh. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. 
Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. All right. Um, You've taken us far off track. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's like, this is a genuine personality disorder, the Mr. Potato Head. And then things t- got very serious. Um, like, like no <laughs> laugh track kind of thing. But Mr. Sheffield, he's just like very solemnly like, you know, I told you I can't have a relationship if I can't trust you. And he's yeah. like, and that now seems obvious that I can't. And he just okay. like quietly and sadly walks up the stairs and leaving. There's a lot totally to talk alone. about. A lot of talked about in this episode. So whatever. Mm-hmm. I was firmly team Maxwell here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. This is, he, he was not being irrational. He was sad. No. He was almost sad. Like he wanted yes. her to, to have not done this because he, but it, yeah. Yeah. She, especially. Yeah, she violated his trust. And like Elizabeth and I both were like, well, I mean, he's right. Like, that was really shitty. <laughs> and like, oh, yeah. yeah, it sucks. I, and I I think that she, from the look on her face, firmly knows that she really screwed up. That she really, you know, and I actually, mm-hmm. I, I felt very real where you're just kind of like, oh, my God, like, I this was bad. Like this is legitimately bad. Yeah. Um, and his career does, you know, he's in an industry where discretion actually is very, very important. And like, if, if you couldn't trust your partner to, to, to not screw up huge deals, like, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, no. And I think, and what he says earlier in the episode where he's like, you know, the most important thing in a relationship is trust. I think that's absolutely true as well. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. I mean, I think that's like the bedrock of all really strong relationships. And, yeah. you know, when when you – and look, every relationship gets tested and, like, people do, like, dumb things and make, like, little white lies, whatever, you know, lie by omission. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if it's few and far between, like, it still hurts when it happens and it does, like, do a little damage and you do have to, like, build that trust, trust back up. And, like, so when you're pre-relationship, you know, when you're just, like, starting and someone – kind of does something like that it, it's hurtful for mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. and it puts him in a weird position and i so yeah i was firmly like yeah i mean she's gotta how's she gonna get out of this one yep yep and so we then cut to fran val sylvia and yetta in the kitchen and this is so <laughs> this cruel was, this is the cruelest was, thing i've ever seen this was so cruel, but there was a very funny line that came out of it, and then Yetta does some good stuff. But like the the, the the basic concept of the scene is basically that Fran and Val are eating all of these delicious desserts in front of Sylvia in the most like torturous like. Mm, 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 and I'm like, so I'm good. like, what do they? Why do they even have this much dessert? And I was like, I was yeah. like, even going as far as being like, well, maybe they had some like you know event or some lunch at the house, and this is leftovers because yeah. they literally yeah. had a huge gorgeous looking chocolate cake like a chocolate mousse cake and then stacks of cheesecake chocolate brownies cha- <laughs> a stack of double fudge brownies like this would this made me almost like my mouth water just watching because i'm the sweet yes. baked goods person and they're just eating yeah. and, and um fran, and they're doing that while fran is explaining what happened with mr sheffield and she's like you know he hates me now i you know i don't know what's yeah. gonna happen and then uh Sylvia goes, could I have a knife? Well, this is while they're eating. And then Fran's like, oh, Ma, you're not going to cheat on your diet, are you? And she goes, no, for my wrists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so dark. But like as if like this makes me want to kill myself like sitting yes. here. And I was like, this is so, this is so mean. This is so yes. mean. Like, 
But uh, Val then has a pretty good suggestion. She's like, well, you know, Fran, why don't you go to Margot Lane, personally apologize, and, and then tell her about all the horrible stuff you've done to all these other famous people. And then they start listing them off. It's like, oh, yeah, Bette Midler, Elton John, Cher. <laughs> There's like literally a whole list of people she screwed over. Um, and then Fran's like, oh, my gosh, Val, you're right. I mean, this is going to pale by comparison when she hears all that stuff. And so that establishes Fran's sort of move in terms of making the situation right. <laughs> the scene ends with Sylvia going, you know, I think I'll just put this cake away, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And they're like, good idea, Ma. So she picks up the cake. She runs to the fridge, opens the door, then slams it and runs up the stairs with the full <laughs> cake. <laughs> and I wrote, she's pretty agile in those deals. She, she really is. <laughs> uh, Fran chases her and that's the end. Of that funny. scene. Um, and then we got to Margot Lane's apartment. And this woman, I felt really bad for her. She's lying on her couch with like an ice pack on her head because she's just so humiliated and, you know, all this stuff. And she's just feeling so bad about what happened. And Fran knocks and enters uh, under the guise of being her dog walker. Um, and there's okay. this huge dog. She must have also stolen this dog from the actual dog walker. <laughs> um, and she comes in with this huge dog. And then... Margot's like, what are you doing here? Have you come to finish me off? And then I I loved this part. She goes, well, here, I'll help you out. And then she like points to both of her boobs, her nose, her for her forehead, <laughs> and then her butt. She's like, fake, 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 fake. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, basically being like, you know, fine. You know, you've already ruined my career. Let me just go all in. Sure, and yeah. then Fran sees this beautiful diamond ring on her face and, and Fran goes, fake? And then and then Margaret goes, no, real. And then Fran goes, eh, well, that's what fake fake will get you. <laughs> it was just this, it was such a really um great, like um it had a great rhythm to it that yes. bit and uh like very like uh screwball comedy, like verbal jokes, you know, like mm-hmm. da 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 da. And Margot's basically like, you know, I'm never going to show my face on Broadway again. I'm humiliated. And Fran's like, no, don't worry. Like, I have an idea and it's going to fix this whole situation. (laughs) And then we have maybe one of, it was very, it was funny, but so dumb and lowbrow. One of the maybe lowest brow jokes we've had in this whole whole series (laughs) where Margot's like, fine, I'll listen to you. She's like, but after you clean up after my dog. And this dog was huge. And so she hands Fran a giant snow shovel. (laughs) insinuating that the dog had taken a huge duty (laughs) (laughs) so so different it's different than like the rest of the jokes usually that we hear but so then fran goes back to the mansion and mr sheffield is already there and he's super excited and like he's like miss fine like margo just called me she says she's back in and it's all thanks to you Uh, thank you so much How, how did you do it and she's like well, she's like, I had a genius idea. She's like, we're going to start selling Margot Lane beauty marks. Like, we're basically going to make, like, a publicity stunt out of this that's going to turn into like. And I was like, you know what? I feel like the Kardashians would do something like this. Like, that's actually kind of genius. Absolutely. Look, the fact that Cindy Crawford didn't capitalize on this is insane. Like, why didn't, like, some makeup company and Cindy Crawford, like – do like a fake mole like thing that they sell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Uh, this is actually a genius idea, I thought. And I was like genuinely impressed with it. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Friends, friends going to be rich. Yes. Um, yeah. And we then cut but, to opening light, uh, night a few days later. 
and they and you know um uh margot's in her full marie antoinette costume and and <laughs> right as uh they're you know fran sits down and she's like i just want to uh talk some pr stuff margot and margot's like darling like haven't you read the wall street journal this morning like somebody stole her idea and she, basically another company or somebody else is literally that day announced that they were doing it and Fran is devastated and Margot is weirdly not that bothered, but then it turns up, it turns out it's cause she found out she's going to be up for a role on Xena warrior princess. <laughs> so she's, she's sort of realizing like, Oh, it turned out like, you know, another day, like the world is rolling along. That wasn't as big a deal for me as I thought it was like the whole mole <laughs> thing. But Fran is devastated. Like this, this was going to be like her super successful giant idea. Mm-hmm. And she's like, who, you know, like who would have, leaked our idea this is so awful and then a few days later we're back at the mansion and mr sheffield is carrying a bowl of soup up to fran and niles he like gets instantly suspicious because mr sheffield like never does anything like this for other people and he's like where'd you get it how'd you do it da, 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 da. and he's like you're the one who blabbed about the mole idea weren't you and then, like he instantly puts it together like oh instantly. he's doing something thoughtful it's because he did something wrong and, and, he, and Mr. Shelby was like, oh, Niles. He's like, oh, what am I going to do? And he's like, I was at the Friars Club with Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner, and I was desperate for an amusing anecdote. <laughs> and and he's basically like, well, what do I do to make it up to her? And Niles is like, well, you could propose. And Mr. Sheffield, he like, he's like, oh, that's crazy. You know, just stop coming up with crazy ideas. But then as soon as Fran comes down the stairs and he sees like how miserable she is, he and so he's like, he's like, let's get married or no, or I think he's even like, marry me. And she just looks at him and she goes, it was you. <laughs> like she knows he would only propose if it, at this point, if it was to apologize for something or he was guilty, but then she accepts it anyway. Like she's like, I accept and kisses him and then runs into the kitchen to tell Niles. <laughs> um, but then as she's telling Niles, she realizes like, she's like, you know what? Like he never would have asked me if he wasn't guilty. And she's like, and yeah. And that's actually not how I want to get asked. Um, she's like, I just, I think I deserve better than that. And she sort of sits down and, and, you know, she, it's this where, and he's like, are you, you're really going to say no? And and she's like, yeah, she's like, I guess I've come a really long way. And he kind of gives her a hug. But then Mr. Sheffield comes in and he's like, well, okay, let's pop some champagne. Uh, and And the thing is when she had said yes, the look on his face was kind of stunned, but she runs out so quickly. We don't really like sit with him and like his reaction to all of this quite yet. But so this is the first we've seen him after he had asked her. And but he's like, come on, let's pop some champagne. And Fran, she looks at him and she's like, oh, what? Oh, you, oh, you mean that whole silly proposal? Like you you <laughs> thought I was really going to hold you to that? Like, <laughs> no, oh, you should have seen the look on your face, mister. And she's clearly like, it's kind of sad. Like she... She's trying to let him off the hook and let him know that he's off the hook without letting him know that it really like is something that would have been meaningful to her. Yes. And he he kind of is like, oh, oh, OK, OK, all right. And she's like, well, and there's almost this like awkward beat where she's not really sure what to do because he he isn't really sure what to well, say either. And she's like, let's just forget the whole thing. And she walks it's out. Weird. It's weird, right? Because it seems like. Like it, okay. It was a very odd way to propose to her and clearly felt like he was only doing it because he felt guilty. But what I think then happens for Maxwell is like after he gets over that hill, 
he then starts to genuinely be like, okay, well I did it. So like, this is mm-hmm. what I wanted this whole time anyway. So like, then he starts to like, let himself get excited about it. But mm-hmm. then when she's like, come on, dude, this is not, this is not how I, you know, this is not how we should start this. I think he's like hurt, well, hurt but understanding. I- I think it's – well, the thing is, I think it's, like, even one more layer. It's it's not her being like, oh, come on, dude. That's not how you ask a person. She was trying to play it off as if, like, that's so silly. We're not getting – we're not – you're not proposing to me. Almost as if, like, she could care less, right? She's not, she's not, like, actually saying what really is going on, which is, like, hey, I really want you to ask me, but I just can't say yes if it's like that. She is – Almost like, isn't it so hilarious that you even were asking me, like making it seem like she didn't even want it that much, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you play it off as like a funny joke. So then, you know, had she actually been vulnerable about it, he might have been like, no, 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 this actually is what I want. But now I think he's a little unsure if that's what she wanted at that point. So when when he leaves, she leaves. Niles just sort of goes, well. You found a way to get out of it again, I guess. And then Mr. Cheville kind of looks after her and he's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure I wanted to this time. And it's just like a sort of a sad little end of the episode, right? Yep. Um, but then the the button, <laughs> I love this button. <laughs> Such a silly button. It was it's, so silly, yeah. Right. Brighton and Sylvia are Brighton, Sylvia, and Yetta are in the living room, and Yetta goes Shmooey because he's she still calls him Shmooey from like Shmooey. four years. She goes Shmooey. Yeah. I'm so proud of my Sylvia La doing so well on her diet, and and he goes Yes, Sylvia. You know, I gotta say, I am impressed. And then we just see that Sylvia is looking at them, and she literally is just seeing two roasted chickens, <laughs> and she's smacking her lips. <laughs> It was like a cartoon. <laughs> yep. It was so funny. I liked it. Um, and then that's the episode. Um, yep. It was very funny, but it also moves the needle a little forward on the emotional <laughs> places that they're in. Right? You know, Mr. Sheffield, he, we're realizing he he actually might have really wanted this and, and now is oh, maybe himself feeling a little sad that, that it's not going to happen. Yeah. Look, I think it has a very um, – a very random setup, right? Like the, 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 the like a plot is like, just like so goofy, but it really digs in in that it has two incredibly emotional moments where it really digs in and like, does, like you said, really seem to move the needle forward. And I mean, spoiler alert. Um, I think we're like three or four episodes away from an episode titled the engagement. So, um, I th- I think that this is very intentional. Like I, it's like an intentional building block, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it was good. It um, was good. I'm excited to do favorite lines and moments because I had so much. I actually had moments and lines this week that I. Oh I, yeah, I me too. Okay, yeah. let's get into it. Should we do that? All right. Are you ready for uh, <sighs> segments? Ew. And now segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I know you're not the biggest fan of this one, but I really like the electro swing sound. It makes me, uh, it gives me energy for the second half of the show. 
No, it's growing on me. It is growing on no. me. Hey, much like a mole, it's growing on me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so hit me, hit me with it. Okay. Hit me oh right across God. the face. First of all, <laughs> Jesus. First of all, a lot of them, a lot of my, a lot of them you already said. There were a bunch of lines that like you hit within the context of the episode, and that's great. One of them was like, "The only secret safe with you is your age." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh. You know, Mr. Potato Head frying up Mr. Potato Head. Um, the, the, I need a knife for my wrists. Um, there was a whole moment where Yetta pulls a phone out of her purse, like an old timey phone out of her purse. That's not connected to anything. And says she's doing it. So she doesn't miss a call from her husband. (laughs) And then, and then that's paid off at the end of that scene where like Sylvia and Fran leave and Yetta goes, ah, I wonder where those two nuts came from. And then Val (laughs) stirs her tea and it goes like, ding, ding, ding. And Yetta answers the phone and goes, hello. Yeah, but like, but like sort of sultry, like, hello. Yeah. Because she thinks it's from Sammy. And then I like re-remembered that she's engaged to Ray Charles and laughed out loud. Like, what a, what a get. Like, I don't think and I then, like fully appreciated what a get that was while we were talking about that episode. No, it's um, huge. I mean, they, they, and then they're relegated though, unfortunately, to doing bits like this where like we never will see him again, but it's still very funny. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had two more. I had, um, uh, I really liked we've, with the line, we've got a relationship. Fran goes, we've got a relationship, but only when it's convenient to you. And then she goes, I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. And then two other things I just wanted to note. I loved her little wig that matches her outfit, that like rust colored outfit. Yeah. And then she had like a kind of rust colored bob. She mm-hmm. looked great. And then the other thing was the black and white checkered mod kind of <gasps> mod influenced, yes. ska influenced outfit. I thought was like the two tone outfit. I thought that was so dope. Yes. I, I wish I could say find though, that. I don't think her, I don't think she was going for ska influence at the time. <laughs> No, I think honestly, I think she was going for mod though. It was a mod, and like that, it's all t- the mod scene and the ska scene, the two tone ska scene. So good. She looks so good. Yeah. Okay. And actually, it's in- this is one of the few times where we we actually have some different favorite lines, which is actually exciting. Um, but so Niles, when, when um, Mr. Sheffield drags Fran into the kitchen after she just accidentally took off. Uh, Margot's fake mole. Niles goes, you just had to meet her in person, didn't you? My telephoto lens and parabolic... Uh, wait, it was my telephoto lens and like parabolic dome or something weren't good enough for you. Uh, yeah. I forget what the it par- was, but it was... Ba- the, it, the parabolic dish, which dish, is yes, like... It it's like a big... Um, it's like a, like a handheld like satellite dish looking thing that you like plug headphones into and you can hear the conversations far away. Yes. And I'm just like, and Niles is just like such a creepy perv. It's so funny to me that like he has that to like know everything yeah. that's going on in all quarters of the house. And yeah, all it, is, it is like um, oral binoculars basically. Yes. Yes. And yeah. then he had like offered it to her. And then <laughs> I loved the, no, no, this is, this is a genuine personality disorder. And then yeah. um, I, there was this line that I, I didn't, really uh i i said the first part of it but not the second part where marco goes darling didn't you read the wall street journal this morning and fran goes no but how funny was the wizard of id (laughs) (laughs) basically like (laughs) she only reads the funnies and i also was like oh yeah the wizard of id like god i miss the comics (laughs) and then my other favorite line was (laughs) when fran finds out that their um beauty mark idea got leaked she goes 
there's a mole in our mole organization. <laughs> uh, and those were it for me. Uh, and then I really liked those genuine moments of, of emotion that yes. happened. Yes. Um, for me Yiddish. Too. Yes. We got Fakakta and Mazel Tov. Uh, those two of my favorite Yiddish words, like most used Yiddish words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mazel Tov, of course, meaning congratulations. Fakakta meaning like shitty, stupid, <laughs> harebrained. <laughs> okay. Nanny trivia. This is pretty short but sweet. According to IMBD, this is one of the first TV series to mention selling something on the internet. Which yes. I actually did flag that line. Fr- Fran's like, when she's telling Mr. Sheffield the idea, she's like, it's going to be great. We're going to, um, you know, market these these uh, Margot Lane style beauty marks and we can sell them on the internet. And and now that is such a common concept. Like it is, it is almost more common than buying something in a store. But that was new. That was like people, it was just getting started at this era. Um, we didn't talk about email you know, on sitcoms that much. We didn't talk about going online. Nobody had smartphones. Like it was truly a different era in a lot of ways. And, and I was like, oh yeah, that, that's actually for this time period, incredibly entrepreneurial, but I could yeah. also see someone being like selling things on the internet. Like that'll never work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it was though, you know, like, um, I feel like it what it was at the very beginning it was sort of like what is what is this thing you know what do we use it for did you know that Jillian Anderson at that era was the number one most like downloaded woman on the internet or something and it's because it makes so much sense the earlier adopters of the internet were X-Files fans cuz they were dorks nerds I should say <laughs> Is so she true? has that record for a while being like, you, you'd be like, oh, who's it going to be? Like Pam Anderson? No, it was Scully. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. Because they were probably starting it in like 1994, 95 before like anybody else was. Oh, man, that's so weird. I mean, I, I like, I guess, I, look, I've, I've long said this and it's, I'm not the only person that said it, but like a lot of new technology is like, Spearhead pioneered by pornography or desire for pornography. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually um it's true. It's very how weird. they uh invented the uh I'm trying to think of some very, very like not from butter churn. No, I was trying to think of something like incredibly philanthropic. <laughs> You know, uh, but anyway, so in the terms cure of the for Fran, polio. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I was trying to think of something exactly like that. Yeah, the cure for um, polio was invented for because of pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Fran okay. the CEC, I'm 100% the Fran all the way. I love gossip. I not, It's not malicious, but I cannot always be trusted with it, but it's not malicious. I just love it. I, I even, it's like I spoil TV shows for people too. I just love sharing information. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's why i think there's a couple of things where i've like begged you to tell me and like you won't and then you're like you've told me that you're not gonna gossip i'm like no but i will be for this one (laughs) (laughs) it'll be different just tell me please please tell me please tell me please tell me (laughs) um i uh i am not uh 
No, I'm a, I'm a gossip. I love to gossip. So like, but and why won't right you tell me with the, with the right the, when we go off mic, I'm going to beg you to tell me something. I will. <laughs> I do it with the right people, you know, um, like, like Elizabeth, like, there's nothing I love more than talking to Elizabeth about <laughs> any kind of gossip going on in the world. I'll tell you some gossip after this. Okay. I know exactly the gossip I got you. Ask. Hey kid, I got you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right. And so that brings us to the end of another fantastic episode, oversized episode, if you will. I know. I know. It's, okay. Hey, listen, it's okay. This was a good episode. It deserved our time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thank um, you for sticking with us. Yes. Tell us your thoughts. You know, that we're back from travel. We're trying to be better about social. Um, so, you know, Catch us on Oh Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram, uh, Twitter, same thing. Email us at uh, what is it again? Oh, uh, oh it's uh, uh, Oh Mr. at gmail.com. Rate and review. Oh, please, oh, yes. please, rate, and please review. rate and review us. <laughs> um, and we will, we'll see you guys next week. Have an amazing week. We will. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Fine. <laughs>